Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing good as always and getting ready for another year. And and we have a lot of exciting topics uh, on the slate in the next few weeks. Can't wait to get to some of them. But today was a really good one. And that's misconceptions about protein. I, you know, again, going back the last couple decades, our understanding of protein has changed, don't you think? To a certain extent, yes. I mean, I, I would say that in terms of our nutritional science around horses, our protein system is behind what you would experience in other species. They're definitely a lot more detailed than we are. But I definitely think we can answer a lot of these myths questions that we have today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean a lot of it, a lot of, and, and some misinformation out there too. So I think it would be good to clear that up uh, for the listeners today. And just to set this up, I, you know, thinking about this podcast and and how to really make it beneficial uh, to everyone listening was just to kind of briefly go over protein, what it does for the horse, and then some of our sources, but. Why is protein so important? It does so many jobs in the body. I think the most obvious one, of course, is muscle, both just building muscle and then maintaining it. So that's how horses are able to do their jobs. But even outside muscles, it's the tissue that all of the horse's organs and the support of their organs, it's a big component of enzymes. So those help break down our feed. It plays a big role in the hormonal system, the immune system. So there there are very few parts of the body that I can even think of that don't contain some sort of protein product, if you will. So like an amino acid, the small components of protein, those are used in the body for pretty much everything in some capacity. They are very important. I know that. And then that's why I think it's always one of the first nutrients we look at in a bag of feed. Now talking about that, where are the major sources of protein for the horse in the diet? I, th- I think this kind of surprises because we think, oh, when we feed concentrate, that's the, the primary source of protein, but that's not true, right? No. In reality, for the vast majority of horses, uh, hay or grass, so their forage is the primary source of crude protein in their diet. And that's largely a function of the fact that it's what they eat the most of. So in terms of, you know, the amount you feed, if you're feeding 20 plus pounds of forage, even if it's a lower protein forage, it still makes up the bulk of the horse's protein intake. And, you know, what I always tell people is that I'm not so worried about, like, is it a 10%, a 12%, a 14%? Like that number on the bag is ultimately, in most cases, not that important, but it's the quality of the protein. So even though the majority of the horse's protein comes from their forage, it's missing some key amino acids that we provide in the concentrate to make up the difference. So it's kind of this two-part discussion. I, I think we can definitely talk about like in pounds per day, how much crude protein does a horse need at different stages of life? And I think that's pretty eye-opening when you compare it to what they actually eat from their forage. But crude protein is not the whole story by itself. Yeah. It, it's important that you bring it up. Crude protein. What What is crude protein? Why, why do we use that uh, as a term? Because I think sometimes that gets confusing than just general protein. 
Well, when, when you and I say like protein in a horse's diet or crude protein in a horse's diet, those two are interchangeable terms. It's how we speak colloquially versus really the word crude protein refers back to the lab methodology. The important thing to realize there here, and I kind of hinted at it earlier, in other species, they're going a lot further than crude protein. So that's just the total amount of protein that's in hay, for example. It doesn't really give us any hint to how digestible it is or the quality of that protein. So when we talk about crude protein or protein, that's the same thing. But you can have protein in shoe leather, right? <laughs> you can't digest that. Right, right, um, right. So even though when we talk about the horse's requirements, we talk about them in crude protein, as nutritionists, we all recognize that is not as detailed a system as we would like. But unfortunately, the funding and the research just isn't there today to kind of update that model. Now, the French system actually goes a little bit further in kind of how they break down protein fractions, but that's not something we've adopted in the U.S. Okay, okay, okay. So just to kind of clear clear that away, what are, and you, you just alluded to it, talking about the differences in how much protein a horse needs each day. You know, some of these general NRC requirements, how wide is that that swing? Ah, so this one is kind of fun. So I, I went and I looked at a thousand pound horse and I calculated how much they would need at maintenance. So a horse not doing anything, it's just hanging out, living. How much protein does it need to just exist? And then I compared a horse in light work and then very heavy work. So a lot of horses in performance jobs or in light or moderate work, that horse in very heavy work is like your thoroughbred racehorse working intensely hard, elite eventers. So not many of us ride horses in that very heavy work, but it is pretty eye-opening. So for that same 1,100 pound horse, if it does nothing, it just hangs out, it needs 1.2 pounds of crude protein per day just to support bodily function. If it's doing light work, it needs one and a half pounds of crude protein per day. And if it was working really, really hard, it jumps up to 2.2 pounds of crude protein per day. Question is, I told you horses get most of their protein from their forage. So the other set of math I did, let's say we fed that 1100 pound horse 20 pounds of a 10% protein hay. So that's like not high powered hay, it's pretty, pretty, pretty meh hay. 20 pounds of 10% protein per day is gonna yield two pounds of crude protein just from your forage. So you'd be able to meet the protein requirements, just feeding enough like okay hay for horses doing all but very, very intense work. And then of course, if you fed higher quality hay, you might even meet all of their crude protein needs from their forage alone. So it's very, very rare for a horse to have a crude protein deficiency. The question is, can they use all of the protein in their diet but, you know, looking before we talk about that, looking at kind of some other categories, think about pregnant mare. So she has the additional protein needs to grow that fetus. So your pregnant mare in the last trimester of gestation, so when her nutrient needs are the highest because that foal is rapidly growing, she needs about two pounds of protein per day. So like you're just there if you're feeding her 20 pounds of that 10% hay. And again, just crude protein. If we look at our growing horse, if you had a 400 pound weanling, it need a pound and a half of protein per day. By the time it's a yearling, let's say it's 700 pounds, it needs 1.9 pounds. Now, 
they can't eat 20 pounds of hay. Like their physical capacity for intake, they just can't put that much because they're littler. So that's a situation where most of your horses, except for super heavy exercise, would technically get enough crude protein from their forage alone, provided it's not horrible forage. But our growing horses are an example where they simply just can't eat enough. So they need a concentrate that provides higher protein in order to just meet their crude protein requirement, never mind those essential amino acids that aren't present in forage. Yeah, I know. I, some of those amino acids, and I know that's another discussion for another day. Uh, but yeah, it's it's even though they're getting protein, then we break it down by amino acids. And we know like, you know, some of the other ones like lysine and other limiting amino acids. Very interesting. So again, what was the maintenance to, to go back? Because you're talking about two pounds. What's the maintenance dose on that horse? 1.2 pounds. Okay. So 1.2 to, to two pounds is, is the range. Now talking about the, the higher end of requirements, what happens when you don't feed enough protein? You know, like you said, it's rare. It's rare, but it does happen. So, so what are some of the things or signs that owners could look for that, oh, maybe I need some more protein or quality protein uh, in my diet. Yeah. So I'll say things, a true crude protein deficiency is rare. Most horses forage alone or definitely forage press concentrate are getting enough crude protein. The problem and the reason we can't even really separate these is the quality of protein. They're missing what are called essential amino acids. There's not enough lysine, methionine, threonine in order to use all of the protein that they're already getting. So essentially what happens is your body can use protein up until you hit a limiting essential amino acid. So even though I'm feeding that horse two pounds of protein per day, if I only have enough lysine in their diet to use one pound, that extra pound gets excreted. They can't use it because they have that limiting amino acid that basically says, "Ah, I've used as much as I can. I need this building block in order to use more. So It's difficult to kind of separate the fact that visually, the visual sign that we see a horse probably isn't getting enough protein, whether that's quantity or quality, is the condition of their top line and their muscles in general. So they tend to have that thin neck sunken in behind the wither. Their hips are more prominent. So you just don't see as much musculature, even though they might be fat. You can see horses that have more than enough calories that have very poor muscling. So the question is, are they not getting enough protein general? Say the majority of horses are getting enough protein. But if they're not getting enough of those essential amino acids, they can't use all of the protein in their diet so they can have a functional protein deficiency. So I'd say the normal horse doesn't have a true crude protein deficiency, but if they're not fed an additional concentrate to their forage, they will have a functional protein deficiency simply because they can't use all the protein in their diet. And the main way we would recognize that is visual appraisal of those horses. So do they just not have enough muscle? Is their top line sunken in? You can start to see that, of course, in their performance as well. If, If you don't have the muscle to carry a rider and to do its job, it's going to affect performance as well, but we can usually visually see that. So one of the, one of the things, and I think you just kind of spoke about this, especially with the limiting ones, um, more is better. I think sometimes we see it with our pets, you know, uh, feeding our, our cats and dogs to more. 
Is more protein better for the horse if we overfeed it? Is it going to help them? Will it improve performance or help them build more muscle? Ah, uh, good question. So this is one of those situations where there is a mechanism that the extra protein just gets excreted. So you'll see this a lot. For example, if you fed a really high alfalfa high, eh, horses get way too much protein. Um, but their body breaks down and they excrete it out in their urine. So up to their genetic potential for building muscle, up to their requirement to do their job, providing protein or even the essential amino acids above and beyond that, there's no extra return. So it's one of those that once the cup is full, anything else spills out. It's not going to hurt the horse unless they have an underlying kidney issue. So the horse is very adept as long as all their organs function appropriately at excreting that excess nitrogen in this case. So they break their protein down to amino acids. Those amino acids are broken down to their base components, carbon and nitrogen. The carbon can be used as energy. The nitrogen gets flushed out in their urine in the form what ultimately ends up giving you ammonia. So the downside to feeding too much protein is they're going to drink more. They're going to urinate more. You can end up with some respiratory health issues that if they're in the barn, they have lots of wet bedding, lots of ammonia because of that high protein diet. We can actually see horses have some respiratory issues from that. So it's one of those that almost every horse is going to get too much protein. Very rarely are we like right on the nose. They use every bit and that's okay. They have a mechanism to excrete it. If you push it really far, you start to see some of those issues with respiratory health. The only exception to that, and this would be a popular myth, that high protein hurts horses' kidneys, for example, or it's bad for them. The extra protein isn't going to hurt a horse, but there are some horses due to other issues that have, for example, renal insufficiency, kidney issues, that super high protein diet will definitely be detrimental to those horses, but super high protein doesn't cause that health impact. Right, 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 right. That's that's one of the things you, you can see out there is if you feed too much protein, you have a list of all these problems that are going to come. Uh, so that's that's a myth broken, right? Kind of, unless they have these renal issues. Yeah, I would say myth broken. It doesn't cause renal issues, but it yeah. could be bad if they already have them. And the only way you're going to know that is do some blood test screening. One of the things going back and, and thinking in my history was that protein or hearing this was a good source of energy. Is, is that true that it's broken down and, and used as, you know, like you say, a carbohydrate or a fat or something like that? It's a good question. So mechanistically carbohydrates and fats are a much easier source of energy for the horses to be able to do things with, whether that's gain weight, do exercise. The only time that a horse is really set up to very efficiently use protein as an energy source is when they're in starvation mode, because metabolically you kind of turn off your normal pathways because they're not eating and they start breaking down their muscle. So protein can be used as energy and to a certain extent it is. So those carbons that come off those amino acids, when you split it up so you can get rid of the nitrogen from your too much protein can be used for energy. The thing is, that's an energetically expensive process, meaning that the cost that the body had to put in to break those down kind of offsets the additional energy they get from actually having those carbon units available. So ultimately, I think myth number two is that protein makes my horse hot. 
protein, because it's not an energetically efficient source of energy, by itself doesn't make horses hot. I think a lot of times that gets confounded because oftentimes things that have protein in them can be more energy dense. So if you switch from grass hay to alfalfa hay, yeah, you increase the protein a lot, but alfalfa hay is also just more calorie dense. Same thing if I didn't feed my horse grain before and I started feeding it grain that has protein in it by its nature, was it because I gave it protein or because I just gave it additional calories? It's the additional calories. So I think that myth kind of came about because it's hard to separate the two in people's mind because protein's the first thing on the tag. They're like, oh, it must have been that protein. In reality, it's just those additional calories that give horses more energy. Some horses use that energy for good. Some horses use it for bad. Well, and you said the percentages earlier. So percentage of bag feed is the percent protein, right? So is a a higher percentage protein feed uh, better for horses? Is, is in general, like looking across the landscape, not just the tribute feeds, but look at other companies, are higher crude protein feeds maybe a little bit more energy dense with fat and carbohydrate? No. So when you look at those, like if I'm formulating, I'm formulating for those things independently. So when I add additional carbohydrates, sure, some of them have protein that come with them, but not enough uh, that it's going to really drive that protein value. There's no protein value to adding fat. So you can make something that's very calorically dense from low protein ingredients, oats are low protein, corn's low protein, fat has zero protein. So that can be very calorically dense and still low protein because you're adding other protein sources. That's where your soybean meal, your canola meal, a lot of those need to be added to bring that protein value up. So you can formulate for those two things independently, even though some of those ingredients bring protein with them, the calorically dense ingredients aren't bringing a lot of protein into the diet. So that. And then just in essence, as a reminder to the listeners, the, the higher percentage feeds or crude protein feeds are really more for performance horses, broodmares, growing horses. Is that correct? So broodmares and growing horses, this definitely matters, right? That's why we're formulating at 16% protein, because if you look back at our example, our little guys can't even eat enough hay and they need a higher amount of those quality amino acids. So the broodmare might get enough protein if she's on a good hay and eats enough, but she definitely won't be able to use all of it because she needs the essential amino acids. But we'll hedge our bets, even if she's not on a great hay, that 16% protein mare and full feed, it needs to be that high. Some performance horses, if they're really working hard, might need a little additional protein. But I'm going to tell you, like, when I'm making a recommendation, if you're a horse owner with a horse doing a job, I'm honestly not going, oh, I need the 14 instead of the 12 because I'm formulating our essential amino acids independent of the protein value. So Calm Ultra and Senior Sport. Calm Ultra is a 12% protein. Senior Sport is a 14% protein. They have the same level of essential amino acids because I had to go back and add those separately anyways. So, you know, unless you have just, God, the worst hay in the world, uh, you probably don't need more protein. You need more essential amino acids. That being said, I'm going to end up recommending Senior Sport anyways, because it's high fiber to offset your really terrible hay. So ultimately, <laughs> people get really hung up on like, ooh, my horse needs a 10, 12, a 14. Frankly, for the majority of horses, that number is not something that I 
really think that much about. I'm looking at the other attributes of the feed to make sure it's appropriate for your horse. Cause I know the protein sort stuff really sorts itself out in 98% of cases in the performance horses. But I do care a lot more about that in our breeding and growing horses. Well, I, and to open it up, when we opened up, talk about how things have changed. That's how advanced we're getting when you're looking at individual essential amino acids and the protein compared to years and years ago where it was like, ah, just give them a 14%. It'll get covered or something or 16%. I, I just remember those back in those days, long time ago. Uh just to kind of tie this all up, are there are there any other myths out there that you've come across or any final tips when it comes to feeding protein? The only other myth that really comes to mind is there are some people that still think high protein causes developmental orthopedic disorders and falls. And we've talked about this a ton. Um, that was based on, honestly, some not great science. And it's the myth that's hung around. It's sugar and starch that causes a lot of those issues along with mineral imbalances. So that's why we are, you know, we've talked about how important protein is for those growing horses. If you have a growing horse who has a developmental orthopedic disorder, don't take out the protein. That's not the part of the diet we need to address. So I think that's a big one to keep in mind. Um, And other than that, I mean, every horse needs those additional essential amino acids. So even though our maintenance horse, our pasture puff is getting plenty of protein, he still needs that pound of ration balancer to support his health and wellness because the essential amino acids in that ration balancer, like essential K, lets him use the protein in his diet. No, all good tips, all good tips. And when you were talking earlier about breaking it down by essential amino acids, you know, when you're looking at the diet, for any listener out there, if, if, if that's confusing or you need help, don't forget we have that link. You get a free consultation to help you formulate that diet for your horse. So that kind of wraps it up this week, Nicole. Thank you so much for that. And, and I hope the listeners, you know, really find this information useful. Again, Please keep those comments and suggestions coming, Facebook, Instagram, or you can contact us on that on the link in the show notes. Also, just a reminder, you can go check out the website, tributeequinenutrition.com. There you can find all the links, find the links to the podcast and also the blog articles that support uh, the podcast and these topics. But thank you so much, Nicole. Another great topic. And uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks so much, Chris.